0: And today's guest is actually Norwegian, my very first Norwegian guest, uh, Maria, and she talks about how her and her partner went from bankruptcy to creating a new business, moving to Thailand, and pretty much living out every online entrepreneur's dream. And there's a ton of golden nuggets in this episode, so please stay tuned. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry? Well, it really doesn't matter. Welcome, everybody. Uh, today, I am talking to my friend from Norway, Maria. Welcome, Maria.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Uh, finally, I have someone from Norway. That is so fun. <laughs> How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm really good. I looked forward to speaking with you, and and uh, I think it's cool that you're interviewing people about their launches because they are so different, and it's a really interesting topic.
0: Yeah, and you guys have been doing this long with your partner uh, Patrick as well. Yes. And now you guys have moved to Vietnam. You moved there, what two years ago,
1: almost two years ago.
0: Yeah. How is that going for you?
1: It's very cool. <laughs> it's, uh, it's different, but we started, we really started up our, our online business to be able to move somewhere else than Norway, because we have been doing physical events in Norway for quite a while. And, um, just the freedom of traveling in Asia, meeting people from all over the world. For me, it's really nice. And, uh, it's helped us grow our business also, actually, to move out to Norway.
0: Yeah, because you have to think things differently when you kind of move out of the home country and you're not working necessarily with just the people in your home country. But, you know, you have taken on a team as well. And that probably has also changed a lot of things for you.
1: Yeah. And and what we see is that there's so many people that want to create online courses. And the reasons is they, they want freedom in some way. Mm. And us actually being able to take our business and move here, uh, is, we, we can see that people uh, kind of inspire, they are inspired that we did it and they want to do, not necessarily moving to Asia, but doing something like moving houses or going to Spain for half a year. Or there's so many dreams that people have that we, somehow we got more credibility when we actually moved out of Norway.
0: Yeah. you actually took the step that so many dream about, but don't dare to take. So yeah, I can totally get that people get inspired from that. Uh, personally, I would love to move to somewhere hotter than normally because right now we have four degrees Celsius and yeah, it's raining and snowing, raining. Yeah. So <laughs> I totally get that.
1: We were in the Caribbean in the Easter oh, two, nice. three, three and a half years ago. And we're like, we were walking from a cafe, like a nice cafe. We were walking barefoot at the beach and they had nice juices and fresh coconuts and mm. walking barefoot on the beach every day. And when we came home to Norway. We're like, what are we doing here? <laughs> and that was when we decided to move. So we are actually living four minutes literally from the beach in Vietnam. So it's really beautiful.
0: Wow, that is so cool. That is so cool. Well, why don't you just um, kind of tell us where you guys started and how you, what's your journey been like to moving to Vietnam and starting your business here? Um, yeah, just go through the whole story for us, please. <laughs>
1: overview (laughs) so so um, as I mentioned briefly earlier we run a physical event business for five years Um, me and my now business partner and life partner we weren't that when we started Uh, but we started to do physical events with international speakers uh, in Norway and in Nordic countries and we worked so much with them and we sold tickets and we worked a lot with sales and marketing but we didn't really understand the digital marketing strategies we just We we sold on the phone and we did physical events to sell other physical events. So it was kind of a funnel model, but it was physical. Um, Mm. And uh, we did that and it was really fun. And we had kind of great success. We had many events, many people. People were happy with the events, but we didn't have focus. So we were spreading ourselves too much, trying to do too many things at once. And it ended up us having to bankrupt the company. Um, Yeah, it was really sad because... We were inspiring people and it was amazing what we did, but it was just our business model was too, we were too spread. That was mainly the problem and we didn't know digital marketing. So maybe those two two problems together.
0: Do you see any difference in how, well, you did the physical events versus the online events now? Is there some similarities or were they totally different from what you experience today?
1: Yes, what we, then we went to that cabaret uh, in, in the Caribbean and we decided to build an online business. And it was really like we wanted to move somewhere where it's warmer mm. and that's why we need to have an online business. And at that time, we didn't know anything about funnels. We didn't know much about Facebook ads. We had done some ads, but they weren't successful. Um, we had some email campaigns, but they weren't successful. So we kind of, we, we thought that we had to do something totally different. Mm. But when we started doing digital marketing, when we started doing webinars, and when we're starting to understand this whole psychology of of digital marketing we understood it was the same psychology as with physical events and physical physical marketing right actually there there are more similarities than we thought at that
0: point. Mm-hmm. yeah i can imagine that so you had to bankrupt yourself how do you pick yourself up from that to starting an online course and what kind of inspired the whole idea
1: yeah it, actually one of one of the, Biggest inspirations for us to do that was one of our speakers, because one of the speakers we had in the Nordics was a guy called Rich Sheffren. I don't know if you heard about him, but he's a, said to be the digital marketer behind the digital marketers. Like he taught Brent Bouchard and he taught some of the other guys that, that are more uh, much more famous than him because he's yeah, he's not so much out there, but he's really, really brilliant. Did webinars before anyone else and and but he we had a, just a car ride with him between two events once. And Pedro asked him, like, so what? What do you think we should do with our company and with the strategy? And what he said is, your problem is you are selling other speakers and you're not selling yourself, and that's mm. that makes it hard to create a profitable business. But at that time, we didn't understand that we had the knowledge that people would be willing to pay for.
0: Right.
1: But after the after the bankruptcy, we had this, like, okay, so what do we do now? And his voice from Maybe a year before was was still running in our heads, and maybe maybe we have something that we can sell and that we know that we can teach. So that was really the, like why we why we started and why we came why we kept th- to think of that idea at all. Because I I'm not sure if we wouldn't if you didn't say it.
0: Yeah, that kind of changed the whole thing for you.
1: Yeah, it did. Yeah, I did.
0: So what were your next step once you figure out? Okay, we gotta start something online. So did you start uh, a course or did you start with, um, you know, webinars, like you said, or was it a membership or what was the plan?
1: Uh, we didn't have a plan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Typical>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we just started. So what we did was we heard, um, we studied one of Frank Kern's webinars, like we listened to the webinar over and over and over and over and over. And we had this idea for a sales course, my partner had done a physical sales course and he wanted to turn that into an online course.
0: So, so learning people so, how to sell, basically. Yeah, okay. and
1: that was very, it was very broad, very general. Yeah. Not that specific because now our target niche has like really narrowed down, but at that time we were very broad. So so he wanted to do a webinar. He studied Frank Kern's webinar. It was really like looking what he did and trying to do the same mm. uh, and had some experience with selling from stage. So we knew a bit about the psychology on, on how to sell. Um, from stage so it was similar to selling from the webinar and so he just created a webinar and and we used money that we didn't have <laughs> on Markov, uh, ad advertising so we spent around 600 us dollars on uh, facebook ads for the first webinar we didn't have that money it was just like bills that we didn't pay <laughs> okay. just putting off paying the bills and uh and no sales
0: and no sales Oh.
1: And then Frederic did that once again, like six hundred US dollars advertising and no sales.
0: Oh no! And that
1: was that time where it's like, whoa, oh my god, like we, we can't afford doing this. This ain't working. We are no. not like smart enough. And but Frederic was really really commi- like committed and and um, and ready to to do this. This so it's like okay, give it a third try. And then on the third webinar, he sold for eight hundred <laughs> US dollars. So he kind of like covered the advertising <laughs> covered
0: part. one of them at least, yeah.
1: Yeah. and then we were like okay so this is working so mm. uh, from there we just took one step at a time and and the first year we actually sold four different online courses all of them on webinars and we launched one membership in the same year uh, and and went from 0 to 200,000 US dollars in revenue in that year wow so but but working like crazy we were working all day and all the, all nights but also we decided that year that we're going to move to Vietnam or somewhere warmer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we we had the motivation to work really hard, right? And we saw things were moving, but it's and I think that's that's a learning for the people that listen is that sometimes it takes longer than you think, and it takes longer, much longer than you hope. Mm. Yeah, but it is really about doing it again and adjusting and seeing what's not working and and breathing and being patient and being a bit also. Like you're willing to take some risk because there will be risk involved if you if you're starting to do something totally new.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great learning point. I mean, it's so easy to kind of give up. Okay, you spend six hundred dollars on Facebook ads and you get nothing back. I mean, most people just okay, this is not. I'm not going to do this. I'm just done. Nobody. I mean, very few would actually try it again. And if you fail the second time, I'm pretty sure like ninety nine percent wouldn't ever do that again. So, congrats on pushing forward and going that third time and actually making some money back, but then understanding that, okay, there's something here. Let's keep pushing. I mean, I think the most valuable thing here is that, you know, you got to stay consistent. You got to keep pushing, even though things doesn't work the first time. But eventually it will because you, as long as your heart is in it and you have the right intentions, I think success will happen eventually.
1: It's true. And also what happened for us that we didn't really have a plan B. Like this was the only thing we we were thinking about like it was our only option so we had to succeed we, we couldn't we didn't have any jobs we didn't have any money we it was like we have to do something and it has to work so we just had to fix it
0: yeah exactly yeah. so you say you launched a membership what kind of membership was this
1: we have a membership where we uh, we help people that sell their knowledge online so it's like online course creators and coaches and uh, in the beginning we were we were aiming mostly at those who just sell online courses, but now we also we also have people that sell more high end products like coaching packages and things. Um, but we, yeah, we launched that already after just half a year of doing it ourselves. So we we were teaching what we were doing ourselves without really having that much experience. We were we were learning something and we told others to do it, and we were learning something and told others to do it, and we were consistently developing ourselves and investing in mentorship and and other people's memberships and we just applied everything and and that's I think it's also one of the things that made us succeed was that we weren't afraid of, of failing. Of course, it is scary to fail and it's scary to lose money that you don't have. But somehow we were willing to take the risk anyway. And so we, so we were just continuing to do it and failing a lot. Of course, mm. there were many things that didn't go out of the plan.
0: Yeah, but you kind of always was one step ahead of the people that you were teaching and although it's failing, you still learn something from it and you can use that knowledge to improve for the next time and kind of get the ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more membership because I know a little bit about it, but how does it work? Do they get want to get into that membership? Because it's a higher priced membership, right?
1: It's costs 2,490 kroners, which, which is approximately $250 per month. Mm-hmm. We have like strategy Q&As every second uh, week and we have technical Facebook Q and A's where they can ask about advertising. And we have also other technical Q and A where they can ask about like general technical questions. Uh, and we are still doing this in Norwegian. So we have only Norwegians and Swedes and few people in there. So we have been doing this in Norwegian all the time. And, and all our first four courses was, was in Norwegian. Hmm. Uh, so that was our, our market when we started because we knew it because we knew the language. Um, yeah. And because it was easier to do things in our own language. And, and of course, we took things that we learned from mentors all around the world and we adapted and adjusted and made it ours and did it in Norwegian. Um, So that worked actually really well.
0: Yeah. And from what I remember, you kind of, you created a course and then you kind of promoted that and they would get that for free in quotes when they joined the membership, right?
1: Yeah. So we have been actually doing a lot of different models for selling the membership and we tried a lot of different ones. Uh, in the beginning, we did what you said. We we launched courses because we launched four courses that year. We launched them by saying like, if you join our membership, you get the course for free, and the and the course was much more valuable than the than the membership. So it was a it was a great deal. Um, and then after a while, we started to sell like, you get this course if you are willing to pay for four months, like all together or after each other. Okay. Um, then you get the course for free. So so we have done different models. We have sold the membership on email marketing campaigns. We also have one physical event during the year in Norway. Um, mm-hmm. And we also sell the membership there. So it's kind of our, our product that we sell everyone into.
0: Right. So you haven't quite given up on the physical events yet.
1: Uh no, we, <laughs> we we gave up and then we missed it so much. <laughs> yeah. So we had to do it again. So, you know, it's an early event because we live in Vietnam, so we can't go to Norway like several times a year. But once a year we go to Norway and do the event.
0: Yeah, it's something <laughs> special with the physical events where you kind of meet all people and can connect with them. And uh, yeah, I can totally get That's there.
1: And this coming event, actually, we're doing it in English. So it's it's oh. a Nordic event. And since we have now clients from, from all over the Nordics, we will have people from Sweden, Finland, Iceland, Denmark, uh, and some other parts in Europe uh, coming to the event. So it's cool.
0: How big is it going to be this time?
1: We are aiming for 200. Okay. The other ones has been 100, 150. Uh, so we're aiming for 200. So, and we want to grow it because we, when we did the physical events, our biggest event was 850 people in three days. That was so much fun. So yeah. It's going to grow as long as we, we are also trying to find a balance on how much time to use on it because mm. and that's a problem that we have is we have too many products still. Because we think it's fun to, to create products.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, you know, 200 people is a small enough event that you can kind of meet everybody and get to connect with everybody. I mean, the bigger it gets, the harder it kind of gets. But if you're really good at it, you can still maintain that intimacy, even though it's a lot of people. But um, I think that's kind of the hard part about running a physical event, I guess.
1: It's, It's very fun. I love to be in the room with people. A special thing. Although it's actually because I, when I started to do online, I was a bit afraid of not being physical in the room with people. But for example, when I do webinars and I do Q&As for my courses, I feel very connected to the people. Like I feel like they are here with me, although I can't see them. I kind of have them here with me. So, so, so part of that, like the need for connection, it's quite like I, I can get that also through online actually. And that was a surprise when I started. And in addition to that, I missed having that one thing where I could meet them.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now you're at this point where you're living in Vietnam and you've done everything in a way Norwegian until now, and now you're starting to do things on English as well, right?
1: Yeah. So this uh, we have been wanting to do things in English since we started, mm. but it is, uh, you know, and, and the people that listen there gets, guess yes, they know that it's it's always a challenge because you want to do too many things and and it's not possible and and if you spread your focus too much, it's, you're just making it really hard for yourself. So we didn't yeah. have enough time to actually build something and build the audience and do the things in English until now. But because we have grown our team and because we have um, we have also, because we live in Vietnam now, the demand from people that speak English around us that they want to learn what we're teaching. Um, so it was kind of a natural transition now to do something in English. So we put up a webinar and we promoted it mainly in, in the Nordic countries. So Norway, mm. Sweden, not Norway, because then we've promoted Norwegian, but Sweden, Denmark, Finland, iceland um and we we see that we and that's interesting because in norway we we get people that they have an online course but they can't sell it they're not able to sell it or they want to make an online course but they haven't done it yet but when we transition to these other countries we see that we get more people that already have something in their own language and they want to transition to english as well
0: Mm. so that's
1: really interesting because the, the niche the target group is actually a bit different when we when we changed
0: right Okay, so what has that first launch been like when you decided to go for the English talking people?
1: The first thing was getting people in the course that actually are native English speakers. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me, because now we, we have been doing an online business for so long. So it hasn't bothered me to, to teach and to like to launch new courses. It has been kind of inside the comfort zone, but this this really when somebody, when I know that somebody can, like I'm not doing this the right way. I'm not saying the right words. That made me really nervous, and I yeah. think it was good because I, you always need to practice going out of the comfort zone. That was that was kind of a stupid answer. I don't remember a <laughs> question.
0: No, but uh, I can relate to that because doing this podcast and going international. Uh, yeah. When I'm talking to people, it's so easy to. I mean, we got to think about what we're saying and kind of translate it in our heads, and then getting it out. Uh, yeah. At the same time, I'm trying to listen. Then I kind of remember, okay, I, I got, I got to ask this question and I got to think about the question. Same time I'm trying to listen to what you're saying. Oh man, it's so hard. <laughs> and then things bottle up and you kind of stutter and yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah. it's hard, but you know, the more you do it, the better you get at it. But, um, the yeah. good
1: thing is that the English, the native English speakers, they say, your English is really cute.
0: <laughs> really cute. <laughs> I'm
1: not sure if it is a compliment, but I'll just take it as a compliment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so cute, that English <laughs> accent. <laughs> yeah. We have a distinct accent, well, the Norwegian yeah, people, right. for sure. But yeah, uh, the launching to the English people is different. So, But how did that first launch go in terms of uh, numbers and conversions and uh, the runway to the launch and everything?
1: So we had been doing a Norwegian webinar to sell a Norwegian webinar course. Uh, and what we did was just translating that webinar into English. Because in the beginning, we were selling mainly, like we had a webinar where we sold an online course directly. Uh, but what we saw is that it was like the 80-20 rule. It was like 80% that didn't get any results and then there were 20% that got results. And we really want people to get results. Yeah. So we, we changed our model a bit and, and went into selling more like pricier products but with much more help and much more guidance and much mm. more personal assistance especially on the technical part where people are freaking totally out <laughs> um so so we have had a webinar where we sold like a call a free call and then at the call we sell our product okay. and then it's the price for the product is four thousand five hundred us dollars approximately okay um and that's a, that's a three-month program where they get like modules in a in the course portal, but they also get weekly Q and As. They get personal help with setting up their technical things. So, like we build their webinar registration page, we help them set up, like all the things that they need to set up. We help them do it. Yeah. So we did a webinar. We did the first webinar. So usually, when we have this model where we sell on the call, we have a ROI on around seven and a half. But when we did when we did it in English, we saw our ROI was a bit lower, but but not like much lower. So so it's still a good result. Um, and I think we have 20 people on the course. So it's not like a big, it's not like a huge no, program, but, but of course 20 prices. times 400 exactly. uh, is, is still money. Like it's it's good money. Um, and, and of course, what's really good now when we have the English course is that we can have our whole team helping them because we have also people from everywhere else working on our team. Um, so. It's less pressure on me, for example, to give feedback on everyone's text because it's in English. It's been a really fun group because there have been Swedes, Icelandic people, Danish people, Finnish people, uh, an Australian person living in Vietnam. Um, American person living in Vietnam, Netherlands person living in Vietnam. So there's a
0: variety <laughs> yeah. of something like, that. <laughs> something like that. I think people understand what we're talking about here. <laughs> but uh, I think, like you said, uh, it must be so much easier for you now that you're doing things in English because you can involve so many different people. And like we discussed before we jumped on, the cost of using people outside of Norway. I mean, Norway is an expensive country to live in in terms of other countries, uh, especially with our economy, by yeah, that must make things a lot easier for you.
1: Yeah, it does, and it's easier to get the like the experts. Like, we recently hired a guy from India who has been doing because we use Kartra as our system, and he has been doing only Kartra like for one one and a half years, and he's a computer scientist, so he's really good at all the technical stuff, and he's been so nerdy on Kartra. and now we got him on our team, and and of course if if he was Norwegian, I don't know if I should say that, but we couldn't properly afford him. But he's, since he lives in india it's it's possible, and also since we have this business where where we are freedom motivated like we are not supposed we are not thinking that we should live in Vietnam for the rest of our lives that therefore we have to have a physical team in Vietnam, we are more thinking like we want to be able to be free and and we so therefore we now have people a bit like around and then it's
0: yeah how do you it is cool. yeah. But when you have a team like that which is pretty much everything runs online how do you yeah. stay connected and communicate with everybody with such a big team
1: we have uh we use a system called slack okay I don't know if you heard about it but it's, it's like a chat chatting system and we also actually use that with our clients so we have for the for the, the programs where they get follow-up and technical help we use slack also for our clients so all of our people are logged on there daily and we speak directly to each other and it's it's like surprisingly good connection that you can get from working with people through a screen it's mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm surprised about that all the time
0: do you do any like yeah, they, zoom calls like this or do you yeah
1: so we have one you have one weekly meeting on zoom where everyone's on mm-hmm. um that's really fun when people are everywhere and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and it works. And then we have, of course, we have, we have project managers for different parts of our business and and different responsibilities. So they speak also each other, like to each other without us. We are not, and that's point of scaling as well. You can't be involved in everything because then you get crazy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how you can set your launch up for being successful what's like the most important criteria for having a successful successful launch in your terms
1: i love that question we because we are now we help so many many people to launch their products and what we see is that people tend to be uh, there are two things i want to say because the first thing that people do as a mistake i don't know I, you said, I would, what's, what's the success? I'll do the mistake first. Yeah. So what people do is that they are too harsh on themselves. And themselves. Like they think that they should have, a, I don't know how many US dollar launch the first time. Like they should have at least like 50,000 US dollars the first time. And the 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 real like the reality is there's very, very few that sells for $50,000 on their first launch.
0: Yeah. Most so people I've I talked do. to is like, I didn't get any sales. I maybe got one yeah, or two. Yeah. That's where people are actually at.
1: So So actually, if you get sales on your first launch, when people get sell like if they, if they sell on their first webinar, we are just totally celebrating them, although they like they did just sell one it's like wow, that's so cool because now you've built a system that works, and now you can do it again, and you can put more money on advertising, and you can get more sales. so the first thing is that just be realistic and and don't be too harsh on yourself and and then we also see that people don't know their numbers like they they kind of they they have done a launch and they're not happy with it, and maybe they use let's see they say they used five hundred dollars on Facebook ads, and yeah, so many so how much did you sell and we and now, maybe I sold like one thousand five hundred u s dollars and I'm like wow, you tr- you three times your money on on, on launch, and it's yeah. great, and then you have a system that works so so just knowing the numbers and actually seeing what's going on I think that's so important and I think also that's what you you're helping people with and it's it's really really important because it's it's like so surprising like I ask people like yeah so how did you do how much did you use on ads and they're like oh I don't know maybe maybe a couple of a hundred dollars or maybe a couple of hundred Norwegian kroners. And then like, so how did you, how much did you sell? No, maybe I sold. I'm like, why don't you know? You have to know. Otherwise you can't, you can't, cannot know if it's successful or not. So for me, any launch that gets more money back than was invested in the beginning and and taken away all the investments in learning how to set up a course and all this stuff. But actually Mm -hmm. like I put so much money on Facebook ads, I got so much back. And if the money you get back is better, it is successful because then you have a system that works and you can scale and you can improve and you can make it better. But it's it's really uh, being realistic and not giving up because also we see people, we help people building webinars and building a webinar is so much work. Like it's uh, maybe 100, 150 hours of work. And when now they've done it and and they don't sell on the first one and don't sell on the second one, they want to give up. I'm like, hello, you used so much time and you you just have to make it work. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I get very passionate. No,
0: (laughs) but it's so true. Everything that you said, I can't agree more with everything that you just said. Um, It's like you said, even though we just get one or two sales, look at the conversions, what were the conversions? Maybe they are better than you actually think. And uh, that kind of tells you how the launch went then. If it went well, well, then you can use that and improve it, and just continue going on. That's so true.
1: Yeah, and what's also so brilliant about digital marketing is that you can see every, like, you can see how every step went. Like, you can see on your registration page how many people came to the page and how many of them registered. And then when we do webinars, we can see like, so these many people registered for the webinar. How many showed up? And so we can, we can. It's so easy to see where you need to adjust if you know. Uh, how to look at it and of course that's something that's hard if, if you don't
0: know but, I think but, I think a lot yeah. of people get scared by that technical aspect or this sounds like it's a really technical aspect because they need to figure out where people came from and you know what do I need to do to set all this up and blah 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 so people get really scared because they think that this is way out of my yeah I don't know anything about this so therefore I can't do it mm. yeah
1: that's true and I think the whole like it was for me when we were starting with digital marketing, the whole concept was like really scary. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 also that's why we always when we teach marketing, we teach also the mindset. Like, uh, you have to you have to trust yourself. You have to believe that you have something good. You have to be willing to take a price that makes sense that actually makes you able to build a business and not only like get some pocket money here and there. For us, we want our clients to build businesses and not to just sell a few courses because that doesn't make sense. You put so much work into it. You have to build a business on it. That's at least that's what I want to, What I'm, my clients to do.
0: Yeah. The things that we just talked about, are those also the things that kind of makes a launch fail in some kind of way? Because they... Yeah, I,
1: what I see is that's, Quite a few mentors teach like the big launch thing where you where you are like spending a lot of money on ads, you're getting thousands of registered for your webinar, at least that's that's what you want. And and you're doing just one webinar and you're doing just one everything. And and for me, I see that for my clients, that's so scary. So we are kind of doing these launches where we have more of a launch period where we do, for example, several webinars and we do an email campaign in there, and it's it's kind of spread more out because you also then it isn't that risky to do that one webinar. If you spent all your money on one webinar and you, you can't log on or there's something happening or internet falls down or that can happen in Vietnam. I don't know if it happens. In
0: <laughs> Not that much, but it can happen. I remember that from my first webinar. I had yeah. a total blackout in the whole entire street here. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what I say is that, or I suggest for people to just spread the risk of it. And also to because you don't put so much pressure on yourself when you have like several webinars to do it on and, and more time. And, and also because if you have more time, you can also adjust if something isn't working. Yeah. If you're doing just one webinar and it's one week before your course starts, you haven't, you don't have the time to adjust and do anything if if it fails.
0: Yeah, and you kind of warm up the audience as well, not just, I yeah. mean, it's probably easier for people who are already doing these big launches to do that one launch because they have a big audience and they have a warm audience versus people yeah. who are just starting up. They kind of need that uh, launch runway that we call And kind of warm people up towards your final launch, basically. That's true. Yeah. So what are some methods that you are suggesting that, you know, you should use to have a successful launch?
1: Yeah, I can say one thing more that I know people, like, that makes people fail. And that is not knowing who you're speaking to. Because it's so tempting to just say, like, yeah, I I sell coaching. I can help everyone, like... Do you want a better life? Come to my course, and and
0: that (laughs) was really brilliant. (laughs) Generic,
1: yeah, and like, do you want to learn digital marketing? Come to my course. It isn't like that. You have to be really specific, and you have to solve one problem for people. Like, if you ask me to say one thing that people do wrong, is that not choosing the right niche or not being specific enough, enough on who they're aiming for. Because if you kind of aim for that one problem or narrow niche, you will be so much clearer and you will, the people that come to you, they will like totally know, uh, love you. And they will, they will need what you're selling um, much more than if you're trying to be broad or yeah, spread yourself too much.
0: Absolutely. And what is like the one thing that you think people should do in a launch in terms of uh, helping you make a success?
1: Having patience and go for it. Like, don't doubting yourself into launch because then you will fail (laughs)
0: Mm, and
1: it's connected to what i'm saying before is that we see that the people that are more successful that are the people that like now i'm starting this i quit my job i have to do this i have to pay the tax there's nothing like um, i lost my job there's so many reasons that people have to do it and and uh, and of course it sounds a bit sad that it sounds a bit scary or stupid that you should Press yourself to be in a scary situation <laughs> for a successful. But it's the willingness to do the job. I think. I think that's what it is about. Just be willing to do the job because there's a lot of work. And and some people like it sounds so easy to sell an online course. It sounds so easy to launch a membership, but it isn't. It's hard. And you, know, you have to know what you're doing, and you have to do the right things in the right order, and you have to also have someone help you to, to look at what you're doing and, and adjust, and and then have a have some patience.
0: Yeah, it's just like all the only memes that we see on online that kind of says this is how we think it should be like it's a straight line to success and (laughs) off you go but yeah actually it's like ups and downs and back forth and crazy yeah it's not it's not as easy as it seems totally would you suggest that webinars um since you talk a lot about webinars is is that like the one thing that you suggest people do in terms of launches
1: for us and for our clients, we see it works really well. And I can say like I, I'm not saying that everyone should do webinars, but but the reason why it works so well is that to get the sale, you have to build trust and credibility. And they have to know who you are. And they have to trust you that you can deliver value and that you are the right person to learn from. And being we are doing most live not live webinars, but being live in front of people, like it doesn't matter if it's online, but being front in front of people live for one to two hours, uh, speaking about your topic, like showing your engagement, showing your passion, making fun of yourself, like telling stories, um, showing all the things that you can and all the mistakes you've done. And I haven't seen any other type of launch that can build the same credibility. Of course, you can do it through like the video launch and the mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Walker method and all this, but there is something about the the live and there's something about the video. Like, and, and a video, a, a webinar has a lot of like, if you do the video launch, you have to have longer videos so that people can actually build that trust and connection.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. But I love the fact that you're saying that, you know, it's not necessarily for everybody, but yeah, it's something that you suggest. But um, I believe that yes, you got to push yourself out of your comfort zone. But if webinars really not your thing that you really don't want to do it, then maybe you shouldn't do it. But look at what else can you do that mm-hmm. could be just as valuable.
1: Some people are like they're launching just a free course, an opt-in course, and then they're selling after that on a follow-up campaign and emails and things. and that works, but you have to be really like then you have to be a really good writer because mm. you have to build the, the whole process the whole the whole principle of successful launch is being able to build that trust and credibility. If you're doing like two short videos or your texts are bad or or you're not writing the they're about the right things you are not able to build that trust and then you won't get the sale. So maybe it sounds harsh, but I think it's true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's true. It's like the messaging, if that's not right, then it's going to fail. If you're not passionate about what you're trying to sell, it's going to fail. I mean, there's so many things that go into on a personal level, I guess I can say that you need to make sure that you got on track before you actually start launching. Because if you don't have the messaging, if you don't believe in it, well, who else is going to want to buy it? I mean... It makes sense yes. when you start thinking about it, but I think a lot of people don't actually think about that.
1: No, and, the, and it comes true. Like if you don't believe in it, like if you don't really believe in it, then people won't either.
0: Yeah, exactly. So do you have any advice for people who are actually trying to consider going uh, from their native language and going international and speaking in English or doing courses in English?
1: People, there's a lot of people that asks me about that. And the most important adv- advice is don't try to do both at the same time because it takes so much focus. And for us, doing it Norwegian first actually built our own trust in ourselves to do it internationally. But I think also some people, um, so we see often our clients that are not native English speakers, they start with the English market or the American market. And that works, but it has to do with focus. And it has to do again with your confidence. So, as you said, to do it as a Norwegian in English, you have to have that confidence. Uh, and if you don't have the confidence, then start in your own country.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know that from personal. I, I went from Norwegian to English or international and it was scary at first, but then again, it felt right. And there's also a lot of things that we discussed. I mean, the world is a big place. Um, just the, the market is endless and you kind of open up for so much possibilities once you go international. I mean, Norway is a really small country in terms of a lot of other countries. So. For us, that's a huge deal to go international. Um, it's not like I mean any other country in Europe. Pretty much are bigger than us, but. Um.
1: <laughs> but it also has to do with network because I know you like you you went to US a lot and you you studied with international mentors. Yeah, and and so you have that network. I also know other Norwegians that has been like studying with other mentors around the world and they have that network already. So of course, it's also much easier to launch in English when you have the network and and that was also what made us now successful in launching our program in English was that we had wider network and we had people that wanted to have this course that spoke English. So it was kind of, it was not so scary. Like being totally new in the market is and without no connections, it's it's scary.
0: Yeah, but you got to start somewhere either way. So if you're thinking about doing international and you really want to do it, then I'd say go for it. But uh, Uh, it's not going to be easy, just like any other business. It's going to be hard. (laughs) It's going to require a lot of work, but um, you have that dream at the end. And you will get there, I think.
1: And I think also for for, for being a not-native English speaker, you have some markets where that's an advantage for you.
0: Yeah, probably. Like
1: because you're different or because you, you speak to the people that are also from your country and they want to go. Like there's so many things that we saw now when we launched in English. That yeah.
0: yeah, and we don't know who's watching, who's listening. And <laughs> yeah, you can <laughs> touch so many lives that you don't really realize. Do you have any last advice before we wrap everything up here?
1: I'm just thinking, find a way to make it fun because it's, we have been speaking, I've, I've been saying it many times, it isn't easy and it, it will be hard and it will fail. And, and it sounds like <laughs> many people not to do it, but, yeah. but I am totally recommending people to do it because it's so meaningful as you say, and, and you don't know who whose life you're touching and. Sometimes like we have our ads on Facebook and then we get a lot of positive feedback from people we don't know who are like totally at all. And we forgot that we use so much money on Facebook that everyone knows who we are. And (laughs) and then you get personal emails from people like thanking you. and, And they're so like, I'm so grateful that I can do what I love. And that I can help other people to do what they love. So I I think that everyone that has some idea on an online business, they should go for it. But you have to know that it's hard work involved. And then you have to find a way to make it fun. So, so you're not losing all your energy. And I think for me, what like there are two things that I'm thinking of. The one is is actually finding a mentor that's that's done it before and having a some kind of mastermind group or some kind of of tribe where people, other people are doing the same. Because without that, you will feel I would have felt totally alone. And then find a way, like remember why you're doing it and make it fun. Otherwise, it's easy to, to, to lose the motivation.
0: Totally agree with that. So, where can people learn a little bit more about you and how can they connect with you or even join your membership? <laughs> now <laughs> yeah, that you're doing think, everything in English, I mean, this is an <laughs> open market.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have a website called awesome.no. It's still .no, but it's www.aw.e sm.no, there you go. Uh, and then my Facebook page is Maria Rytge. My name Maria rygge and then you can find me there.
0: Awesome! I'll put that in the show notes so people can connect with you. And um, appreciate you joining me. And uh, this has been a really fun and interesting conversation between us. I, I really love this one. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God I'm Launching podcast.